We're so happy you've joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. Send us your story to pastor at relevant316.com. If you want to support this ministry financially, hop on our website at relevant316.com. There you'll find different giving options to suit your needs. Once again, thanks so much for joining us today. Please, let's have a seat. And um, I guess that, um, you know, I figured that he was a great guy, but I never knew that he exaggerates sometimes, you know. <laughs> because a lot of things you heard this morning, ah. Oh. You know, I'm trying to recover from it. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. I've watched the church online. I've seen the pictures. And, um, and the Martins, we're going to miss you because we spoke about you yesterday. He was telling me, I, he was doing some things yesterday. And um, he was telling me, I'm so sorry I have to do this. I'm so, I'm not as cool as he is. So I need some kind of, you know, some kind of posture to help my thoughts come together. Well, thank you for having me. It's, what will I say about you? Oh. The amount of respect I have for him, and he will know that from the quality of questions I ask him. Because, one, you can be a pastor, not a Christian. He is a Christian. And I just love the fact that we can have authentic relationship and conversation. And thank you for the gift of friendship that you share with me. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. I was looking at for the family moving out. I, I was looking at for the wedding again. Exactly. You know, I have one of this from Africa. I've, I want to give you one. I just took it out and thought that's, you know. Thank you, sir. Can I, can I give you a hug? Yeah. Oh, wonderful. 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 And the reason is this. Yesterday we met up for dinner and, um, for the first 40 minutes of our conversation, I couldn't get him to focus. So I, I leaned over. I said, what is, the, what, what is distracting? He said, oh, this guy's out of our church, you know, and his mind was about some things he had to do because of how he carried them in his heart, you know, and that's really good. All right, let's, um, I will say a prayer, and um, I think in 30 minutes I'll be done. Can we pray together? Once again, thank you for having me here. It's, um, it's a joy to be here. I'm delighted to be here. Heavenly Father, your word gives life. We ask today that no one will leave the service without a practical experience and encounter of the life-giving power of the word of God. I pray for the person that walked in here confused, the person that walked in here with a question, the person that feels as if God and church is not for me, they don't understand me. I pray that the word will come through in such a manner that it will encourage and give life. In Jesus' name, amen. So, some background. Um, so, he's told, my name is Balaji. Um, if, you, if you really see it, you can put Balagio, but whatever you call it, it's actually fine with me. So, um, My mom has three kids. I'm the last of three, so I'm somewhat like David, you know, so I'm looking at a Bible character to pick. But growing up, my growing up was quite challenging. I want to say quite challenging. Um, it's not really from the traditional African family because I grew up in the city, so, you know, I don't have a lot of, like, deep African story. I grew up in the city. But at the age of nine, 
I met Jesus, I had an encounter with him. My parents weren't cool with that. They weren't cool with that at all. My mother made my life extremely tough. And the reason was this, because the narrative for Christianity in our country was quite negative. It was mostly like, oh, if you became a Christian and you were very committed to Christ, you didn't know what to do with your life. And some people can even fit that this way, that Christianity is the opium for the masses. Mother was really against me, and I remember that she said this word to me one day, just one day she said this to me. She said, I regret having you as a child. He said, it's obvious out of the three kids, you will fail amongst the three kids. He said, it's obvious that you will fail. You know, she said this. And um, somewhat, this, when you're younger, you don't know what happened. But as you grow older, the weight of the pain you begin to carry. And that's why this morning I want to talk to you about overcoming life what's moments. Overcoming life's worst moments. And, um, you know, there are a lot of stories I could share in the Bible. I, you know, of course, you, you don't expect me to be as explicit and powerful as, you know, my dear friend Jonathan. You don't expect me. He's a prolific speaker. I just listen to him on the internet, internet and repeat his messages in church. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm like, <laughs> they're, they're like, that sounds brilliant. I say, sure, it sounds brilliant. What do you think? <laughs> Can't you see I'm all brilliant? <laughs> So maybe we should turn into the Bible and read John chapter 14, verse, verse um, Job chapter 14, not John, Job chapter 14, verse 1 to 2. So overcoming life's worst moment. Job chapter 14. The Bible says, man that is born of a woman is of a few days. I, I'm reading from the, I, I, yeah, it's over here, yeah. I was looking for something to read from. Yes, I, I knew there was something to read from because I, I've seen on the internet that he reads from something. So, you know. So, man is... So, man is... Man who is born of a, of a woman is of few days and it's full of trouble. The next verse, please. You know, and, and this, is, this is really powerful. And it comes like a flower and a widow's and it feels like a shadow and continues not. You know, and, and the reason I'm saying this is I don't know the context here but the kind of approach to Christianity that most people have is this. That once you come to Jesus, everything is sorted. Did you ever, did you ever hear that? Did you ever hear that at some point? They're like, oh, no, 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 no. That Jesus is the life giver once you come to Jesus. So, I came to Jesus. I thought everything would be sorted. But things really got bad at some point. And, and amazingly, the kind of church background I came from, you know, I wish I was as perfect as Pastor Jonathan. I wish because he has a great family. He has all the money he wants to have. You know, everything just works out for him. You know, this is a great church. I mean, this is a great church. Oh. Oh. It was tough. Did I say it was tough? It is still tough sometimes. Because sometimes when I heard the preachers, they always had stories of how their faith was powerful. How God always came through. And I was like, there's something wrong with my God. Because sometimes I think he just keeps quiet. I don't know if you can relate with me. 
Sometimes, but they had all those, especially if you watch a channel called TVN. <laughs> those guys on TVN is as if they, they either have like a first class seat with God or their God is kind of special. Because they think, they talk of all this huge thing that God does. And I didn't only grow up with that as a child, carrying that weight. I left college. I, I, I have a, a major, a, a first degree, a, 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 a honors in accounting. But I felt led to start a church, not to do ministry. And I went into ministry to start a church. And my parents had said, hey, we think you're going to fail. So I could even lean on some support from them. So I started the church. And do you believe that three months after I started the church, I had to close down the church? Someone said, why? Because no funds. And do you know how much it was? Just a wild guess. $10. $10 a week. And I couldn't afford that. You, you know the reason I'm saying this? There's someone going through a divorce, or if you've been through a divorce this morning, and you're thinking that, does God really love me? Does, does he care about me? How could this happen to me? Maybe someone has a child and you're wondering, we raised this child in the perfect way we thought we could and that child isn't there again. Or maybe there's someone that's dealing with a very threatening health crisis. It could be cancer. And you're wondering, I'm going through so much terrible time. Or maybe there's a younger lady here. You were dating this guy. You even met him in a relevant church. Maybe he's in the music band. I'm just joking. <laughs> no, no, I... I I didn't mean the guy playing the guitar. I never meant that because that guy looks very nice. You know, I'm just joking. <laughs> you know, so maybe you met him in the choir. Maybe you met him in the band. And, you know, you, you know as was playing, it was like, spirit lead me where my trust is with the water. You're like, oh, my God, this guy is spirit-filled. And somehow, without you paying attention, he just like losing the congregation and says, voila, you. And you're like, fantastic. You walk up to, he walks up to you and you guys become friends. And when you guys become friends, you know, you're like, oh, Father, thank you because this is a God-fearing man. And it was good for nine months. And after nine months, he comes and says, have you noticed in recent times, like, the pace we're going, like, I have this new direction. And in summary, all he's saying is that I don't want to do this again. And you're wondering, after investing nine months of good time in your life and you feel the pain and sometimes you think there's something wrong with you. Meanwhile, you're extremely perfect. Don't work out. God is preparing for something bigger in the future. And our church started. You know, the worst thing is this. Do you know what it means to stand before the church and say, hey guys, we can continue service. And we can pay the bills, $10 a week. Do you know how that feels? How that threatens me as a person? Because I'm a pastor. If God should answer someone's prayer, it should be me. <laughs> Listen, you guys are Christians. I'm a Christian and I work for him. <laughs> this is my boss. I don't know what your contract states, but my contract states that when you're given a job in the office, the organization provides all the things necessary to carry out your job. True or false? So he should pay the bills. And I stood there in front of our church, probably about 20 persons, and I said, we'll have to stop services. 
breaking up for it. And I turned back and warm tears flowed out of my eyes because I thought that maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm a failure. Maybe it's just difficult. And every time that happens, see, the thing about going through a tough time is this. You can make it too personal. See, why is life tough sometimes? Because it is life. Listen, fact number one, life hurts. It's not about you. It's not, it's not even about what you did. It's not about something. The Bible says, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, man's life, well, this is what the Bible says. It says, man's life is short and it's full of trouble. It's full of trouble. Sometimes you go through something and it doesn't have to do, there's nothing you can do to avoid it. But, but that's not where the story ends. Five years after I made that announcement, I announced to our church, watch this, I announced to our church, hey church, we've bought a property not too far from here. And watch this, we bought it for a million dollars. And when I announced it to them was when they were here for the first time. That means they did not contribute. There was no capital campaign to buy the property. So when I announced to them, I was like, yeah. And I said, for your information, we're going to move in three months. But, but the, the question is this. So the question, because this is where I'm going to. How do you hold on? What do you process in your mind when you're going through that kind of tough time? Because, because when, you don't, when you are hurt or you go through a tough time, you can allow a tough time to change you. And change what you believe. This is the way I say it. Do not allow your tragedy change your theology. Because, because I know some people that left the faith because of something happened with God. I know some people that do not come to church again because they have this resentment towards God. And you have some friends that say, hey, maybe it's working for you, but it's not working for me. And they carry that huge pain in their hearts. Someone says, why do people go through, why do people become really hurt? What happens some, when life hurts? Sometimes the reason why people have this pain is, number one, unanswered prayers. Some people just figure out, like, God, you know, like, when I was asking God for $10, I said, God, $10 is very easy. I'm not asking for a million. It's 10 $10 is very easy. I'm not asking for a minute because you walk by and you can really see people spending $10, $100. You're like, that's, all I'm asking for is just very small. And you're like, God, the $10, you don't even need to send an angel. You just send some small creature to give me $10. <laughs> I mean, $10, you don't even need to send an angel. I mean, if God sends angel, Gabriel says, hey, go give Balaji $10. Gabriel's going to be like, hey, God, give me some respect. I'm like, uh, how can I be going $10? I mean, send, send someone the angel. So, and the reason why some of us feel that hurt, the pressure, we go through a tough time is this, you know, because you really think I have faith in God and I'm praying and it's not working out. So, why does life become chaotic? Why do we get that, that, that anger sometimes? Because of unanswered prayers. The second reason is this. And this has to do with us. Poor choices. 
Sometimes what happens is not even a function of God. It's just poor choices. And sometimes it's not just poor choices. The reason why some stuff happens is just the, the fact that we live in a fallen world. And there's just that, just that general impact. There's just that, general, that global impact that we live in the, in the fallen world. But listen, whatever, let me put it another way. Your hurt and pain should not define you. You can turn your pain into a message. You can turn your pain absolutely into a message. And, and this morning, let me, let, me, let me talk about two people. And one of them would be, you can go home and check out the story in, about Elijah. If you know anything about the prophets of the Old Testament, you will know that Elijah kind of stands on a unique category. Like, this is the man that, you know, when he, I mean, this is the guy that's really powerful in the Bible. You know, I mean, just like, you know, there are Hollywood actors and there are loads of actors, but they are the... They're at the, the top of the league, the A actors that when you see them on the movie, it's going to be good. So when you see the Bible and you see all the prophets, I mean, wonderful, but the A league is Elijah, Moses, huge prophet. And you know what happened? And at this time, he had done a spectacular miracle. And sometimes I wish I had the powers that Elijah had. I don't know if you feel that way sometimes. Because sometimes some things happen. I'm like, I wish I was Elijah. Ooh. <laughs> you don't respect me. You, don't, you will need to respect me soon. <laughs> then Elijah did this huge miracle. And when he did the huge miracle, the next thing that happened was this. The king's wife, maybe the, president, the, the first lady said, Elijah, let me just tell you, by tomorrow morning, you're dead. And you know, when he said that, I thought Elijah would be like, me dead? And you know what happened? Elijah broke down, took off, became angry towards God. Elijah began to tell God, God, I'm tired. Kill me. This is Elijah talking with God. You know, he said, kill me. Do you know, listen, sometimes, and, you, and if you do not understand, if you are quite religious, you'll be like, can you really talk to God that way? Sometimes you have to talk to him that way. I don't know about the God you serve, but he's my father. You know, and because he's my father, he understands. You see, it's not just my father from the outside, it's my father on the inside. So he understands where I'm coming from. Are you, are you talking to me? You know, sometimes we Christians, we talk too much in prayer. Because prayer is not talking, prayer is communication. If I talk to you, you talk back to me. If I talk to you, you talk back to me. But most times when Christians pray, Father, 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 Father. And God is saying, I want to talk to you. Say, God, don't talk yet, I'm still talking. Listen, the most powerful thing in prayer is not what you say to God, is what he says to you. Oh my God, he didn't hear that. The most powerful thing in prayer is not what you say to God, is what he says to you. Because everything, everything you want to tell him, he knows. What you do not know is what he wants to tell you. And, and, and there's, such, there's such a presence, there's such a power when God speaks to you because it gives you fresh perspective. Can I, can, can I dig deeper tonight? Yeah. All the business people, you need to talk to God about your business. Because, you know, sometimes men and women go like, ah, oh, business God, mm, doesn't work. <laughs> we go to church and pray. When it comes to business, we just leave that out. 
Do you know that Peter was an expert fisherman, had a large fishing business? But Peter never understood that there was a dimension to fishing that he didn't have until Jesus Christ spoke to him. Jesus said, Peter, let's go fishing. Oh, that's cool. He said, mm, not what you used to do before. Let's do it another way. He said, this time around, when you catch the fish, open the mouth. There's something in the fish that is more valuable than the fish. Peter said, nobody taught, that, nobody taught me that in Harvard. <laughs> you, you know what that means? When God opens your eyes in the consulting business, there is a dimension to that business that is more valuable than everything you're doing currently. There is a dimension. But you need to let Jesus you know, you need to let Jesus speak into it. Sometimes, maybe it's a marriage. And the challenge is that you think you know how to fix it, but God knows how to fix it. And you just need to let Jesus speak into it. And sometimes, sometimes the most powerful prayers is just this way. You just sit that way you row. Spirit, lead me where my trust is with the bother. And you just sing. And, that's, and, and sometimes, I, I don't know, maybe some of you feel as if you're emotional. I understand that. But most times when I sing, I find tears coming down my eyes. I don't know, maybe something has to do with the fact that I'm close to Jonathan, you know. <laughs> because, you know, he has the voice, I have the tears. I don't know how that could work. <laughs> but you know what happens? Sometimes I hear something from God. But sometimes I hear nothing. But I have an assurance. I, I, I just leave the place of prayer and I know it's done. I didn't hear anything. But, but the old songwriter calls it blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Praise God. So sometimes what, 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 causes, what causes all these issues in life? Life's worst moment. Some, and if you don't handle life's worst moment, it leads to a depression. And sometimes another thing that causes this is this, it's, um, it's a delay. And listen, when you ever have a delay, never confuse God's delay with God's denial. As a matter of fact, ladies, you want, you want to take this? I read my Bible. Every woman in the Bible that had a delay in childbirth gave birth to a supernatural child. Let's start with who? Sarah, Isaac. Is he Elizabeth, John the Baptist? They gave birth to someone that was phenomenal. Is he Hannah, Samuel? Sometimes the fact, sometimes the fact that everybody has it now does not mean that you will not have it. Because there are different types of trees and there are different types of seasons. And your season is not my season. And even though you bloom first, I will not be threatened by your season because I know that he's faithful. I know he's faithful. I know he's faithful. I may not understand why some seeds take nine months and they bloom. But what I know is that I'm going to bloom also. And the same way that God... Delay does not mean denial. God's silence does not mean its absence. 
got silenced, as a matter of fact, I, I don't know what, how you write exams here, but exams in Africa is quite tough. It, because it's almost as if you have to fail this. Exams in Africa, this is how it is. They set all the papers, and the lecturer, uh, the, your lecturer that sets the exam comes in, and it goes, you know, and that's the day he doesn't smile. He goes, and he sees you've missed something, and he goes, <laughs> you, you know why he does that? Because when the teacher goes around, he's trusting that because he's taught you, you have the potentials and capability to produce the answer. Sometimes when God is silent, it's because he knows what you have. That the answer will come out from within. He, he trusted that the, that the result will come out from within. I know that some of you are going through some financial pressure right now, but the answer will come from within. So let's begin to wrap this up. So Elijah got to this state where he became depressed. And some of you are here maybe because life has not gone the way you want. You feel very depressed. And someone said, how do I know? The way you know you feel depressed is this. You begin to feel helpless. You just look at the future and you can see your dream just, it's not there again. Maybe you just look at the, the career, you look at the business. And every time you have to pull up yourself, in fact, your wife would tell you, you say, honey, what's wrong? It's like, that you don't have the spark when you, about this business. Because now you feel helpless. Sometimes you don't feel helpless, you just feel empty. And those are, those are critical signs of someone that's going through depression. And, and I'm saying this because in our world today, depression has become a major issue. Just, just not too long ago, we had even, someone says depression is for non-Christians. I said, come on, even pastors kill themselves now. And, and that's why we cannot afford the luxury of carrying pain. Because pain by its See, let me say it this way. Because time by itself heals nothing. Watch this now. Everything heals with time. But time by itself heals nothing. So if you have a pain and you don't deal with it, the longer it stays, it doesn't make it get better. It only goes silent. All it needs to be triggered is for someone to touch it. And so it's okay, so I think I'm going through something. Well, whatever you go through, please do not handle your pain in these three ways. There are three ways you should not handle your life worst moment. Mom, dad, sir, man, hot lady, built guy, six-pack guy. Like I know you can do like 50 reps. I, I, I really thank God for you. <laughs> I can do two and a half, praise God. But at least if I can do two and a half, my friend can do half, you know. <laughs> Three ways you should not deal with your pain. Number one, don't medicate it. What's medicated? When people have pain, they turn, they begin to do something that brings them temporary happiness to make them forget their pain. So they have a problem in their marriage. See, there's this girl around the corner that they're sleeping with. Hoping that that will bring them some relief. Some people will just, because they have depression, they will just start eating a whole lot. Some people will just buy a lot of things in the store. 
The thing is that you say so you come back home with all the things you've shopped for $4,000 and there's nothing you need. What did this in the Bible? It's a man called David. David grew up with pain. Someone says, how do you know? Because, because Samuel came to their house and told the father, I said, call all your sons. And Samuel called all his sons and did not call David because in his mind, David is not a useful son. David grew up with pain. He walked with Saul and Saul wanted to kill him for so many years. And every time you see David, David had women issue because the women were the way to get out. You know, all the pain he had in business, all the pain he had at work, the women were an outlet. He used to medicate his pain. And that's the people that are, that had, that are addicts. So you see people that have job problems and get drunk. Listen, when you, after you get drunk and wake up, is the problem gone? No. So when you go on that heroin addiction or whatever, you, you, whatever substance you use, because this is what you've done. Instead of you to bring your pain and bring it to Christ, you're medicating your pain. The second way to do with your pain is this. Do not meditate on your pain. Where's the meditator? That's the brother. He's the brother. Where's the brother in the scriptures? A guy called Absalom. Absalom is a brother. What was the story about Absalom? Absalom is David's son. Absalom has a sister called Tamar and a stepbrother called what? Amnon. I'm sorry if I'm giving you too many stories, but you're just going to catch up. So, one day, Amnon is this very cool guy, like chilled, like some guy on the music band. Like, you know, you see him like, hey, look, hi, hi, you know, nice air court, like the has nice strings. Charisma. And all of a sudden, he began to have sexual feelings for his stepsister, Tama, who is um, Amnon's younger sister. And one thing after the other, one day, he made a plan and raped her, which is horrible. And when he raped her, the case came to their father, King David. But David could not hold him accountable. David just kept quiet, hoping it would go away. Meanwhile, Absalom was boiling. He was hot. He was boiling, but he kept quiet. The Bible says after two years, you know why it took two years? Everybody had forgotten about it. After two years, because he was a meditator. He was a meditator. He was, and some of you are here. Things have happened five years ago, but you're keeping it. There's tension, there's tension, there's tension. And sometimes you even feel ashamed to talk about it, that the reason why I behave this way is because something happened seven years ago. But what is happening is this, you're still caught up in the past. Something is still holding you. There's, there's a trigger that pulls you from the past. And after, after two years, said, King, I would like to have a buffet dinner for all the king's son. King said, Fantastic idea. The king had forgotten. All the king's son came. Absalom told his security guards, he said, when you, see, when you hear me give the order, kill all of them. Amnon offended him. He killed all the king's sons. Because he was taking vengeance for Amnon that raped the sister. And the third way people deal with pain is this. And this is 
how I dealt with pain. I, I didn't used to medicate. I let pain become a motivator. And that also can have be a problem. You know, when pain is a motivator, you don't know where to stop. Well, where is that in the Bible? Solomon. Solomon had everything. He doesn't know where to stop. So you need to ask yourself, the more money you want, is it because you're trying to prove a point to yourself? Because when you were a child, they told you you couldn't make it? Because there was a child, they told you that you couldn't cross a boundary. Now you're successful, but it's not enough. Because when pain is a motivator, it's not enough. It's never enough. You, you, you're going to keep doing more. You're going to keep doing more. It's motivating you. The more you do it, the more the empty you become. The more you do, the more you accomplish, the empty you become. And, and, and have you seen some people in the office in the corporate world? And just ask them. I love your drive, but there seems to be something awkward about your drive. Because you can sense that they are driven, but there's this thing we can't touch about our drive. And it's because sometimes there's a pain that they're dealing with. And they're just running away. And so the office becomes the escape place for them. So how do you do your pain? Jesus said in Isaiah 61 verse 2. He said, come to me. He said, the spirit of God is upon me. He has anointed me to bind up the brokenhearted. It's not your fault you feel pain. It's not your fault that life gets tough. But when life gives you something, and I want want to walk with me. So so life gives you this hurt. Question, what are you going to do with it? This is life giving you hurt. Jesus says, if you don't know what to do. So you have an option. Are you going to keep your pain? There are many people here that have forgiveness issues. And it's just so difficult to forgive because every time you remember what she did or what he did, it's so painful. But you forget something. Unforgiveness is so simple. What is unforgiveness? Someone stabs you once. This is what unforgiveness does. You take out the knife and keep stabbing yourself. Because the person that hurts you has moved on and forgotten, but you are living with the pain. And you carry the pain. And Jesus Christ says, you don't have to carry the pain. He said, you can give it to me. And that's it tonight. Can you just bring the pain to the altar? Can you just say, Jesus, I can do this. I've tried. I've tried medicating the pain. The pain is motivating me. But can I just put it on the altar? Thank you, sir. Let me hold on to that. Can you say that? And someone says, how do I do that? It it can be a simple prayer we can pray this morning. And listen, if you are far from Christ, that can be a good place to start from. And, And the last thing is this. This is not in my notes, but let me just give it to you. Can, can we have Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 on the screen? 
maybe the message version. If you, do you have the message? You, I hope you have it. If it's not, uh, it's okay. I would want whatever you have. Matthew 11 verse 28. It's not in my notes, but I just wanted to drop it there. Twenty-eight, not twenty-three. No, maybe, maybe he heard me say twenty-three. Sometimes people hear me say some things and they think I'm speaking in tongues. No, it's my. You know. <laughs> At least you know how to speak in tongues today. How do you speak in tongues? Just call my name, Bolaji, Bolaji, Bolaji. <laughs> Right. See what it says. Come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden. Listen, some people are carrying too much. And you know it. It's so tough. You don't even know how to be vulnerable with other people. But when you're by yourself, you break down and cry. How long will you keep living that way? He said, come. Listen, God is a person you can hide from because he knows your thoughts. He knows how you're thinking. Come. And if you don't know Christ, that's where you should start from. Come to me. And if you know Christ and you go through trouble, sometimes all you have to do is to buy some nice music from relevant worship or whatever worship band you're accustomed with. And when you get home, at your time, just sit down. I don't know what song is popular here. What what what, what song? What is it? What song is? What, what song do we sing a lot in church? Uh, any song? Amazing Grace. I don't know the version you sing. Maybe it's the hymn Amazing Grace or This Is Amazing Grace. You know, and you sing those. You sing that song, and just shut everything out. And just stay there. You know what the Bible says? It says, be still and know that I am the Lord. Sometimes when your mind is all over the place, you can hear. Not that it's not speaking, but you're so distracted. But you can be still and know I am the Lord. Let's pray. And Lord, we, we just really thank you for today. We thank you because you're a good God. We thank you because you're kind. And I pray for my friends, brothers and sisters going through tough moments, that the healing process will start today as they choose to become vulnerable. Thank you, Holy Father, in Jesus' name. And just, just one more prayer. If you're here and you're far from Christ, I, I want to ask you to pray pray after me if that's okay will you just say after me if you're far from Christ will you just say Lord Jesus thank you for today thank you for showing me how much I need you I believe with all of my heart that when Jesus Christ died he did it for me when he was raised from the dead it was for me and today I believe the message and receive him as my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Thanks again for listening to this week's message. We'd love to stay connected with you. Find us on Facebook and on Instagram at Relevant Riverside. We hope you have a great one.